You're watching or listening to the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast, episode 125. Yes, 125. On this episode, we shall discuss a little bit of remnants discussion on the Super Bowl. Well, I'll make fun of some WWE stuff. I'll make fun of some AEW stuff. We'll have a little bit of fun of both those things and other randomness, that and more, on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. As always, I am Carlos, and that is David. This is true. So before we get started, Carlos, I want to let you know something. We have gone international. We have gone international. Hold on. Mean- get out of excitement of international. Hold on. I feel like I feel like this is appropriate. If we're going to go international, Dave, do you prefer? This is Carlos discovering you can do background music in this shit. It's built into this. It's like. <laughs> So far, I like option two. Option two? Because like we're going to Europe, so I feel like it's like at a Euro club. Oh, I, I want to click on the rock one. Let me see what the rock one is. Okay. I'm a rock. I'm a rock guy. So, so all right. If this is what you want, right. if you want it to be, I mean, you're. I'm gonna. You, t- I'm turning down the volume. I'm putting it in. The, it is background music. I am putting you, it in background. You have the controls. So I, that I do. Are you ready for this? So we're going to Barcelona, Carlos. The reason we're going to Barcelona is because I'm giving a shout out to Dana because I got a message this week to the effect of, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I love listening to you. So thanks, Dana. That right there, that right there, that right there is approval. And if that wasn't exciting enough, Carlos, today on this episode, Carlos discovers background music on StreamYard. I didn't actually discover it, but I hadn't bothered to click on it until now. So I was like, screw it. We're doing it live. It's, It's a double wonderful right now. It really, it really is. All right. So enough of that. So, th- so thank you for that. And thank you, Dana. Uh, so uh, real quick, uh, before I even get to the Super Bowl thing, uh, quickly, allow me to give you all an update on the MLB lockout situation. <laughs> Nothing has happened, and it's that guy's fault. Moving on. Fair enough. Oh, I want to tell you, Carlos. So this week's episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, I called in and talked to Jacques Rougeau. This must be a big moment for you. It was. I said, I told him, I was like, I got to call in when it's a Canadian, when you bring on a Canadian, I I feel compelled to call in. I see. I see. I haven't called in for a while. So I was like, all right, you're bringing on the Canadian guy. I will call in and talk about the Mountie and how he couldn't actually be the Mountie in Canada. And yeah. And even dropped a little French in the conversation as well. You could have asked him if he, if he ever got his man. Uh, Not in Canada, apparently. In the States, yes. Ah, But not in Canada. Very good. Excellent. All right. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. But yes, good, good. Also, sorry, it makes me miss some of the old school promos. Well, funny you enough, uh, funny that you mentioned that. I was uh, randomly coming across something, and for whatever reason, I was scanning through, and in one of my um, in one of my um, recommendeds in uh, YouTube, uh, it showed like some Saturday Night's main event clips. And I wasn't going to go down a rabbit hole, but then I was like, all right, even though I'm not interested in watching too many clips of this, I uh, let me bring let me bring up the old uh, Saturday Night's main event theme song, the intro. Because they had the obsession with like that eighty one that also was then used for like fashion television. I remember, remember that. Yes, oh, yeah, I it was the same song. Well. It was the same song, and I think Vince McMahon did. They did a retro RAW where they literally forced where where the joke was that Jesse Ventura was there as a guest host, and as part of him being a guest host, he forced Vince to come do play by play with him, even though Vince hadn't done play by play in like years and years and years. But he not only forced him to do play by play with him. He forced him to come down to the ring, and instead of the usual No Chance in Hell theme song, they played Obsession, which is the song from Saturday Night's Main Event, 
but was also like the intro for Saturday Night's Main Event. So he came down to that, and he had the little bow tie on and everything. So it was Jesse nice. Ventura doing like an old school thing. So three references to Saturday Night's Main Event. There you I go. like it. That's I like how I it. do it. That's how I roll. But yes, other than that, anything else uh, going on the week? Uh, not really. Uh, my sister had a baby this week. I see. So welcome Audrey to the family. Mm-hmm. And also planning the March break trip to Disney. A March break trip to Disney. Which one yes. of the Disneys? Disney World. I'm going to Florida. I see. I see. I see. So you're going to go there and wrestle? Yeah. I'm mean, actually I'm Florida I, like, we're, we're going as a family, but I'm just going to take off to the Performance Center, apparently. You should. Or, or you could go to you could go to Daly's Place. That's oh, true. Florida. It's a little bit more of a drive, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all in Florida. Whatever. It's, it's true. It's it is in the state. It's like, you're going to go all the way there and not wrestle? Noob. <laughs> What's, what a mark. Was Florida even for then? Moving on. Uh, otherwise, no, nothing too crazy on my end. I did show you earlier. Um, I picked up a, uh, a Keith Lee WWE autograph, you know, a black refractor out of 10. So it's a solid card. It is. It is. It's part of my, it's part of my ongoing quest as I've been going, I've, I've kind of been finding enjoyment in putting together like a little mini themed collection of the, of the ex WWE folks as they start, you know, getting out. Um, you never know what's going to happen with any of these folks. Maybe nothing, but it's kind of amusing to me to pick up cards from them. I don't always get the autographs, but sometimes I do. So I picked up the Keith Lee. I picked up a Tony Storm and I picked up a Tegan Knox. They may show up sooner or later somewhere. We'll see. And I did get the Peyton Royce some time ago, and then I may get a Billy Kay at some point just to kind of round that out. But it's, nice. uh, yeah. So, like, uh, there's a couple of different folks. Oh, and I picked up an Ember Moon, uh, like, gold refractor. Not the autograph, but the regular version. So, okay. a little mini collection of basically these former WWE folks as they go on their way out to go with my Adam Cole, to go with some, some of my other folks. So, it's, been, it's working out well. Nice. Yeah. Should be some good stuff in the next couple of weeks anyway. It'll be fun. Okay. So, uh, what are your what else do you want to finish off as far as the Super Bowl is concerned? Well, I, honestly, first of all, I'd like to say like I enjoy the game. Yeah, I thought it was a great game, and probably as it, a lot of people have said before, probably the greatest stretch of NFL games in a playoffs ever. Yes, I, I think that's kind of hard to deny that when you took at every single game, you know, all and so many of them being decided by you know less than a touchdown. Yeah. The big thing for the Super Bowl was that at least it was in doubt at the end. It wasn't like it wasn't like a blowout. It wasn't like there was no chance. Um, the Bengals did have a chance if they had executed a couple more plays. Something yeah, good. I, I don't lo- I don't love their play calling on offense or defense on those nope. last two drives. But but at least they had an opportunity. But, the point is they if did. they had executed better, they had a chance if they had executed a little better. Be interesting to see. Uh, you know, obviously it's always because we haven't had a, a what the last time was what the did the Patriots win back to back right. Yes. Yeah, that, that was the was last the, time we've had a back-to-back. That was in the early 2000s. Yeah. It's been a while. It's yeah. been quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so see, but it'd be interesting to see where they come back. But obviously, if they can, they need a better offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, right. they have shown, obviously, this year that they can, you know, manage their shortcomings to some degree, uh, right? But with a better offensive line, they probably win that game. Yeah. You're talking about the Bengals here on this one? Yeah. No, I, were you, when you were asking about the back-to-back, though, were you talking about the back-to-back getting there or back-to-back winning? Uh, either right because, because no well if it's, it's back to thing. back getting there though then oh. the Chiefs did that no that's true sorry I, yeah. I meant when I when I said it that way I meant back to back winning yeah yeah so that would be the Patriots then, yes. yeah but obviously it's it's yeah, in terms of like whether the Bengals come back or you know because there's a lot of good teams in the AFC and it's it's quite feasible that you know Kansas City could be back next year could or be. Buffalo AFC AFC to me is the more compelling of the two conferences right now. Because there's so much good quarterback play there, 
Um, there are a lot of teams. Like, you could pitch me on Kansas City. You could pitch me on Buffalo if they can put a couple more things together getting over the hump. You could pitch me on, um, you could pitch me on, uh, what's it called? Uh, Cincinnati might be a little bit of a stretch. I think they got their ahead of schedule. But if they fix a couple of things and fix that line a little bit, make sure Joe Burrow doesn't get sacked 70 times in a season, which is a lot. Um, yeah, that's one way to shorten somebody's career, right? Like, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, he's he took a punishment. He took a beating. And that's after a year where he was hurt. So it's like, I don't think you want the guy to get pummeled into the ground game after game after game. You can't be getting sacked nine times in a playoff game. Normally, you don't win those. No. That's, a, that's not a great way of going about it. Um, so that's another team that's at least in the discussion. And that isn't even counting on if, you know, if a couple of the quarterbacks move. If Aaron Rodgers goes to a uh, to a Denver, that gets interesting. For sure. If something happens with the Steelers, if they can get a decent quarterback, not likely, but if they did, you know, that would make things interesting very quickly. The point is there's a lot of teams over in the AFC that could make things really interesting really fast and suddenly be in the discussion, in the conversation, whereas the NFC, um, it's actually a little bit more clear-cut right now. There's, a, there's not as many teams. There are teams that are there. But I don't think um, I don't think it's quite the dogfight that it is going to be out in the. No, AFC. I mean if you look at it like NFC North, yeah. Uh, it's, if if Aaron Rodgers is there, it's the Packers. If he's not, you've got question marks. It, right? I think it'll be question marks either way. Their cap well, situation is very dire. Fair enough, but I I think the quarterback play is enough to get you be, to being you're better than the Vikings, the Bears, and whatever that other team is. Detroit. See, I can't even remember the other team. Um, <laughs> Right, uh, the NFC South is is really in flux. Like the only right, the only one who knows who the quarterback is right now is the Atlanta Falcons, and they suck with or without Matt Ryan. Yep. Right. the The NFC East sucks. I mean, Dallas. It's Dallas, so they suck. Right. Yep. And the NFC West. Well, okay, you got some good. You got a couple good teams in the end, right? The Rams should be able to be right there. Whether they go back or not, who knows? But, you know, they have that capability for sure. And the 49ers are half decent. Uh, but, again, who knows what they're gonna, what their quarterback's going to be like. If Grappolo leaves, which looks more like probable, not necessarily likely, yeah. but probable, versus uh, Trey Lance, who's unproven, right? I mean, realistically, other than I would say the Rams right now, it's the Rams, okay, we can put them in a playoff spot. And then the rest are question marks. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like right now, the quarterback shuffling is going to have, I think, a say in what happens next. Because there are a couple of teams in the NFC with a good quarterback. It doesn't have to be great, but a good quarterback. Um, the 49ers can be legit because Jimmy G just doesn't work. Like it's it clearly like that team was talented enough to potentially do something interesting. But Jimmy G doesn't work. So, but that doesn't mean the rest of the team's bad. They've Correct. got they've got talent actually, um, so it's like you you could be sitting there and there are teams there that could salivate. Obviously, one of the ones they threw in is like, oh, can Aaron Rodgers go to San Francisco? Well, he could, I suppose, but I don't I don't know if the Packers would be keen on that deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he theoretically could go anywhere. Yeah, well, right. Well, that, mean, the thing is, he can't because he's not really a free agent. But well, uh, you know, if the Packers could work out a deal with somebody and you know and come up with something, I think it's one. It's a weird push and pull, right? It's mm -hmm. the. Um, because the Packers, I don't think, want to concede defeat and just say, like, okay, send them off somewhere. But it's like, you realize you'll get nothing if he if he retires or if he sticks around for the year and then walks or whatever. Like, then you get nothing. Right now, you could at least get something for in return and then figure out what your next steps are and start working on the rebuild. Because 
you probably won't get Devontae Adams back. Okay, let's say you get Rodgers, but you don't get Devontae Adams back. Well, that offense just got worse. Yes, Rodgers yep. can still do stuff, but it's like you took away his number one weapon. Yeah, and I think I think what happens to Devontae Adams is largely depends on A, the cap situation, and B, what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right? I don't think he's going to want to come back necessarily if Rodgers is not there. Yeah. It's one of those things where, as well where, like, um, even if you start trying to defer things, like right now, Rodgers has one more year left on that contract. Uh, this upcoming year. And basically, if you try to restructure it, then you have to add additional years. And then you're kicking the can down the road, trying to, because your cap situation is going to be a problem again coming up the following year. You do something with Devontae Adams and try to structure it in a certain way. You're still going to have a cap problem down there. Like, you haven't addressed the problem. The problem, yeah. yeah, the cap may move up over time, but it's like not enough to fix your problem. The problem is actually untenable. Like, there's actually no way out, really, other than kicking the can down the road and hoping for the best. And if you let's say you bring back most of the people you need, what if you make the playoffs barely and you're one and done again? What did you do all this for? You restructured it just to kick the can down the road to make the playoffs? That's it? Yeah. So, Carlos, in the ownership meeting, uh, what are you proposing? Well, first thing I got to do is I got to kind of um, just throw shit at Jerry Jones. I feel like I got to spend the first chunk of the meeting just trolling this man. Um, it'll be really funny. It's like, oh, so Dak, huh? Great signing there, Jerry. At a boy. Good job. So can I pick? Can I pen you for not the Super Bowl? You know, I was going to send you an invitation, but I didn't think you'd need one. Ooh. I know. True. I know. Listen, I, I, like I said, I'm here to help. You are? I, I, am, I am chief trolling owner. <laughs> yes you are that i am yes but yeah uh, we'll see uh, i'm looking forward to it i think the offseason will be interesting uh for me more than anything else is like uh, we'll see what happens like i said for me the potential quarterback in carousel will be interesting because there's a lot of teams that maybe could be really they could get really interesting really fast like this past season maybe they weren't that relevant one good quarterback in the right spot could suddenly shift the balance of power in a division in a conference like there's a lot that can move here for sure. So we'll see about that. I think that and I, I think you're you're missing the most important thing, Carlos. Justice for the young go king. Exactly. Well, the, the the problem is that we're only going to get justice if you know the team that has never won a Super Bowl can ever get their shit together and figure out what to do. Yeah, it's true. Lack of justice. It is true. Like, who knows what the heck is going on and what they end up going with that? But that's what we need. Mm-hmm. So, shall we talk, discuss some WWE matters? Shall we? So let's start with some good news, I think. And then I have a question for you. Mm. And that good news is that The Undertaker, they have, the WWE has announced The Undertaker will be going to the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, which is probably, well, it, I mean, it's extremely deserved. Like, that guy is a legend. And arguably one of the best, if not the best wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. um, and probably the best gimmick of all time. Yep. Uh, so congrats to The Undertaker. Let's put that out there. Um, but given the sense that... So two, that, I think it's a twofold part for you question. Because, first of all, should we really care about this? Because unlike other sports or sports entertainment, you, or other Hall of Fame... Like, there's a definitive... like There are more places that have more than one Hall of Fame for the same sport. Yes. Right? But one is sort of, this is the Hall of Fame. Right? Yep. You know, so... Yes, there's like a Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, and yep. it, it's you know I've been there. It's not it's not bad to go visit. 
but the Cooperstown National Baseball Hall of Fame is the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. Right? You know, the, you know, and that goes for a variety of places around the world. Right? But with wrestling, you have, you know, you have the WWE Hall of Fame, which is basically for people who have been in the WWE, except for apparently Abdullah the Butcher, because reasons. And you have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is in Wichita Falls, Texas. And then you have another one, which is in Iowa, I think Iowa, like the Luthez slash somebody else Hall of Fame, which is attached to another organization. So you have all these places that have inducted, and some people have been inducted to all of them. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people haven't. Uh, So how much stock should the average wrestling fan, not WWE fan, but the average wrestling fan, someone who enjoys pro wrestling, enjoys a variety of promotions and just enjoys good matches and characters and wrestlers. Mm-hmm. How much stock should they put into the undertaker being inducted into the WWE hall of fame? That was the most spectacular and glorious. Uh, my only disappointment was that I didn't play background music for you while you gave that rundown so that I could give you my answer. It, it's meaningless. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. Like it, it's a made up WWE hall of fame. Like, and it's based on whatever criteria they made up that day. Ric Flair's in it twice. He's in it as an individual. He's in with the horseman. Uh, you know, they put in Hogan with his himself. They put in Hogan with the NWO. Like, yeah, like honestly for me, I don't think this hall of fame is legitimate until we get in Brutus, the barber beefcake, uh, you know, booty man, uh, Zodiac, uh, the disciples in it. The beefcake gimmick is in it. Uh, booty man. Zodiac, the disciple. So all, what you're saying all is you three want faces all, of Foley. You want all Ed Leslie gimmicks. I want all Ed Leslie gimmicks, especially Booty Man. That speech will be great. I don't care if he's working for AEW. They'll have to bring him through the forbidden door. Billy Gunn can indict him. Can induct him. Indict him as well. <laughs> he can do both. Little do you know that he is in tr- He is Mr. Ass. That's true. He is. Like the jokes, right? themselves or they could do a dual induction sure yeah mr ass and booty man yeah but do you understand it's like literally and then and then um booty man and leslie knocks out billy gun using the high knee no the no the point is that billy when billy gun inducts him and indicts him when he inducts him he will say i got two words for you high knee (laughs) and then just leaves (laughs) (laughs) that's that that, at that point that's the mic drop for the WWE hall of fame we're done the hall of fame is now closed all right we've done all we can there is nothing more i can do for you that was a much better answer as i went along as i added more idiocy to it and you you basically answered my second question too in that thank (coughs) you for that i was going to ask you in 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 some seriousness it who is somebody who you feel is deserving of that honor that has not yet gotten it that was not a legitimate so no, but as I'm saying, you already answered it. Yeah. Uh, see, I was gonna go with King Kong Bundy. That yeah, would have been my answer. Yeah. Well, uh, I, right? I'm only accepting it if the induction had been like five seconds. But hey. Yeah. You know. the, yeah. The reality. The reality is though, like I said, like look, I think it's an excuse for some of these old wrestlers and folks to go in there and they have their own version of the Met Gala or the Oscars. They. Dress I mean, it obviously, nice and it obviously means something to them. To some of them. To some of them, it's a payday because I think they get a little bit of money. Some of them. So for some of them, you don't well, take sure. money. Especially, I mean, if you look at somebody like, for example, if you look at somebody Undertaker, right, mm-hmm. who is is um, his like any autograph signing he does is managed by Fitterman Sports. Yeah. Right. 
So he's charged. They're charging what, like two hundred dollars an autograph, okay, just for him to sign Undertaker, sure. right? Sure. So really, they should be celebrating as a payday for themselves and for Undertaker because now they can charge like another ninety nine dollars because that's what they charge to write like two Carlos, mm-hmm. um, for the HOF on that the, the uh, autograph. So he's gonna pay me two hundred ninety nine dollars. Why you? Well, you own Fitterman's if, if you're, if you're gonna write to Carlos. So he charges me two ninety nine, and then I charge him six hundred dollars for writing Carlos. This is my intellectual property. I oh, Carlos. I see. Okay. So like, I didn't. You know, I didn't realize that there was intellectual property. It was like if you, you you just wrote Carlos. I will send you a bill, but pay it, or you will rest in peace. None of this bullshit. Get out of here. Boom! I like it. All right. So there you go. Yeah, intellectual property will protect it, Dave. But yeah, uh, to me, like I said, for me, the the whole Hall of Fame is like hey, whatever whatever put it whoever you want for whatever reason you want it's nice for them if they enjoy it and they get a kick out of it they like their nice little ring and they have their ceremony they have some people say some nice stuff about them i have no moral objection to it um is it deserved certainly in WWE parlance he's been about as valuable as anybody especially for the length of time he's been doing it um for the amount of stuff he did uh he probably stayed hung around too long and i'm still not completely convinced he will he has completely gone away he may convince himself to come back again. I wish he wouldn't. He probably should have retired five years earlier. But to each their own. Do whatever you want. It's your life. This is true. True story. All right, can Carlos. I mock, can I mock? Can I mock uh, you can now WWE? mock WWE. All right, cool. Time for Saudi blood. Can we get? Can we get some money? We need some intro music for this. All right, all right. You got I mean, it doesn't have to be the, the background, but you got to work on a. You got to have something for this. But Maybe like, you put up, start playing Obsession every time you mock. <laughs> yeah, but then we'd get the copyright block again. That's true. Yeah, but at least so, we could do it once, and it would be fun. It would be fun. All right, hold on. All right, let me give you some options here. These are the options, and I got to see if I can get Streamyard to expand this. But I like this, and I'm going to keep it low. I'm going to play it in the background. Yeah, yeah. All right. We got acoustic cinematic, which I haven't heard yet. We had dance pop, daydreaming, feeding the ducks, which I think is the one you were actually liking. I'll play it again for you, but I think it's feeding the ducks. Into space, lo-fi, night driving, and rock. For the record, I need more descriptive things than this. this so I'm going with like. the first one. What was the first one? Acoustic cinematic. So acoustic cinematic or night driving. Okay, so let's try acoustic cinematic. I'm going to play it for a moment. Let's hear it. Like, All right. I don't know what it sounds like. No. All right, night driving. Yep, you're literally driving at night. It's fairly accurate. I hate both of these for what you're about to talk about, though. That's the dance pop one. You can't go wrong with dance pop. Sure. I am going to crank it way down, though. People are going to start raving while Carlos hates on WWE. (laughs) I know, right? By the way, I, by the way, I, I, like, I until they come up with Carlos, until they come up with better music, this is the last time I'm using this gimmick. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so this is a one, this is a one shot deal for Carlos's dance party. All right, you're getting one. So here we go. All right, Elimination Chamber, or as the Fightful folks have started to dub some of these. Okay, sons stop, of stop, time. stop! Just turn the music. Off. I can't take you seriously with that music in the background. <laughs> Sorry. You were gonna be able to take this seriously before. But more serious than I would otherwise. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it with the music. I can't just sit here and listen to you or comment, you know, or ask you questions with that in the background. I'm done. 
I'm done if you keep playing that. I'm, you know, I changed my mind, StreamYard. I kind of like it. I will now probably bring back the gimmick <sighs> at some point. Now it will be at a time of my choosing. All right. So, Sands of Time or Saudi Blood Money. Okay, so I've got the play-by-play in terms of the matches themselves. And I'll quickly recap. I didn't watch the show because I'm not going to be bothered wasting my time on this trash. However, I got all the results, and I also watched a couple of clips here and there to get a sense of the vibe of the whole bit. So I wanted to at least understand what was going on with it. And I can still comment on whether I think the result is a good idea given where I think they could go with this. Okay, so the pre-show was The Miz versus Rey Mysterio. Who gives a shit? Rey Mysterio won. Uh, the Miz tried to do some shadiness. This is basically leading into the Miz having some celebrity involvement. Because after the match, he basically alluded to maybe having a tag team partner, uh, and it's going to be a celebrity. Uh, probably like a Jake Paul or something. Like That's one of the names I've heard. It may be something in that, somebody mm-hmm. in that vein. Um, the idea here is this is going to be your WrestleMania celebrity involvement, which of course involves the Miz, because the Miz doesn't actually wrestle real matches anymore. This barely counts, but I guess, whatever. Because Rey Mysterio has nothing better to do. Anyway. Moving on. Okay. The actual first match of the actual main card was Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, which is pointless because Roman Reigns was never going to lose to Goldberg. This match lasted less than five minutes. You had your entrances. Goldberg loses. Roman Reigns retains. Moving on. I'm not sure Roman Reigns is going to lose to anyone. No, the rate thing's going. So the, the, um, the rumored plan, and again, this is subject to change like everything else, the rumored plan is that, uh, and I'll get to the more the closer plan, the shorter term plan, but the rumored long term plan is still they're thinking Rock and Roman Reigns at next year's WrestleMania, which means he will never lose the fucking title, ever, ever, and then we'll drag it out for another year after this year's WrestleMania, and then he will face The Rock in the match of all matches where he's going to win anyway, and then I guess burst into flames or something. Like, I don't know. Ascend to the heavens. Like, who cares? I, yeah. I'm glad it's I mean, The Rock. Who cares? Honestly, I love The Rock, but I don't want to see a 50-year-old Rock wrestle. I just don't. It's too late. It is way too late to try to pull this off. I'm sure they'll sell it to the hilt. And I'm sure, like, you know, mainstream media will catch on to it. But, uh, like, honestly, if I'm The Rock, why do I want to even bother with this shit? Especially this far in advance. I, I might be busy that day. <laughs> like, I might have something else to do. And it's not I'm... like you need the money. That's for sure. Well, also, heaven forbid, as he get, as he approaches 50, what if he gets injured between now and then? Your whole beautiful plan that you spent all this time cultivating bursts into flames in front of your eyes. Yeah. Like, you're, you're asking too much. You're, you're thinking way too far ahead on that. Anyway. All right. So the next one was, uh, and again, my point was the reason I'm not spending any time in this match is because it's a Goldberg match, which means it was going to last less than five minutes no matter what. And it did exactly what it was going to do. Moving on. Next one was the Women's Elimination Chamber match, which was Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan versus Dewdrop versus Rhea Ripley versus Nikki A.S.H. versus Alexa Bliss, who was added to the match late, you know, on the show leading into it. Okay, so real quick. Uh, This is pointless trash. Uh, Bianca Belair won, just so you know, to set up the inevitable rematch with Becky Lynch, which in previous episodes I've explained is pointless. Who cares? Uh, Bianca Belair, by the way, will probably win. Uh, that'll be her great comeback after losing in 26 seconds, which, by the way, nothing will wipe that away, ever. Um, That's true. But there's your great WrestleMania program. Woo. Um, on a related note, this Elimination Chamber match was a waste of everyone's time. Uh, they changed the rules compared to the normal elim- Elimination Chamber. Usually it's five minutes between the pods opening. That's a, So it's basically a cage yep. with pods and everybody's stuck in it. Um, but they made them two minutes, which is basically saying, we don't give a shit. Let's get through this match. It was about 15 minutes. 
Yeah. You have six people in there and it's 15 minutes. This is a pointless waste of my time. Um, also, Alexa Bliss. You do this whole thing with the vignettes and then, you know, introduce that she's going to be the sixth person in this elimination chamber. Cool. Question. Question. You're going to fly all the way to Saudi Arabia to do your little entrance and do whatever. You're going to get a payday. I hope it's good. But you're going to fly all the way to Saudi Arabia and you're going to be the one who's going to take the pin anyway because the only person that could win this was Bianca Belair. Liv Morgan isn't winning shit. Dewdrop isn't winning shit. Rhea Ripley hasn't won a damn thing in forever. Nikki A.S.H. was a champion not that long ago, but she's point. She's meaningless. Like, yeah, I can't argue with you on any like, of that. I, I just read you the list of names. Nobody was going to win this match except Bianca Belair or Alexa Bliss if you want to screw with everybody. That's it. There was nobody else. You may as well have made it a one-on-one match. Who cares? Where's your storyline, right? There, there's nothing here. And by the way, on a related note, uh, they barely used the cage. They didn't really incorporate many elements of the cage. So it's like the whole point of the stupid cage and the pods and everything is like, oh, it's such a dangerous match because you can throw people against the walls. You can throw them against the pods. You can jump off the pods. You can do this, that, and they barely did any of that. Hmm. So, like, then what's the... And you shorten it because, like, who gives a shit? $50 million for that crap. Thank you. We'll take your money. Goodbye. All right, then. Great. So, Bianca Belair won, as expected. Shock of no one. Moving on with our lives. All right, next. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Fair and Sonya Deville. Congratulations. Great. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Naomi won. Not to be expected. Um, Ronda Rousey supposedly had her hand tied behind her back, but it was actually tied kind of to her side, which is stupid. Uh, she was wearing her gi, like your judoka gi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, in Saudi Arabia, they're not allowed to have skin. So, you know, they had to be kind of covered from head to toe. But at least the judoka, the gi makes sense. Like, that's a yeah. simple way. And yep. it makes and sense for, for her, her. having been, you know, a, an Olympic medalist. Yeah. And the thing is, apparently she used the gi that she actually used in the Olympics. In the Olympics. So, great. Callback. Wonderful. Cool. At least it makes sense. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, the end result was that, um, uh, Charlotte had the chance to break up the, the move, uh, I guess the pin at the end, or maybe it was the, the submission, whatever. The point is she had a chance to do it. She didn't do it because she doesn't care about this match because she's only concerned about the match coming up at WrestleMania, which makes total sense because why would she, uh, why would Charlotte Flair give a shit about this match? Again, fly to Saudi Arabia. Who cares? But the good news is uh, Saudi Arabia is progressive, so they didn't, like, stone the women after the match. So that's good. They should never have been there in the first place. We only know we know the reason they're there is money. And that is the only reason that they are there. Yeah. It's because Saudi Arabia is paying a shit ton of money for this. Yeah, it's, it's an advertising campaign for Saudi Arabia. But whatever, like, okay, wonderful. I hope you got good money. Awesome. Okay, cool. Moving on. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Who cares? I don't even know who Madcap Moss is. Doesn't matter. I like Drew McIntyre. Yes, but his job was to be there and beat Madcap Moss, who and I'm is sure the guy he did who. That. Yeah, he did, and he's the guy who hangs out with uh, with Happy Corbin, for, formerly Baron Corbin, because it's stupid. Don't forget um, King Corbin. Yes, previously King Corbin as well. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Corbin of many names, uh, Madcap Moss, his <laughs> lackey. See, seriously, why can't they call him that? That would be so much better. That's I mean, it's I... not like they take themselves seriously anyway. So what no. the fuck? No, the only things that really came out of this is a continuation of this pointless garbage. Uh, you you wouldn't know this, but Drew McIntyre once won the cha- the WWE Championship in a WrestleMania main event. Did you know that? I did know Brock that because I've seen that match. Yeah, but did you know that? Did you know he's the same guy? Because apparently he's facing Madcap Moss. Moving on again, feels like wasted. Like honestly, Drew McIntyre feels like a you know main eventer, top of the card kind of guy. In theory, he would be. Right. 
Like but why? 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 Why is he not there? If it, like like uh, I'm not saying he's necessarily, the top, but like Cesaro, like Cesaro is better than they they use him. Well, he's had a million. They've had a million opportunities to use him, and at this point, that this is this is the uh, we'll get into the Cody Rhodes thing in a minute. But this is the problem with that concept of like, oh, they'll use him right this time. Literally, Drew McIntyre is the case study of was treated like a loser forever, left WWE, went and rebuilt himself up in the Indies, came back looking like a million bucks. Dude was jacked. He's like they were able to do some promos around it. They built him up briefly. He was the WWE champion during the whole pandemic period where they had no crowds and stuff. So they made the best out of what they could. He looked the part. But then the first opportunity that came, that I came over, that the, the crowds came back and stuff, they, they dropped the whole thing, and now he's beating Mad Cat Moss at Saudi Blood Money pay-per-view. So That's like, what they should call that. Please rename every 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 pay-per-view they do in Saudi Arabia should now be called, like, whatever. Well, I don't know what number this one is. It's probably at least, like, three, four. They're, like, right? four, they're like three or four years into it, yeah. Right? So it's like, Saudi Blood Money 5. That's what yeah. they should just call them. They should just right. number them instead of WrestleMania, you know, right? Like, it's like, you know, or if they want to, they could be like, Saudi Blood Money VI. That, no, that would no, also but, be But simple. the key to me is it's more insulting if you're too lazy to use Roman numerals. You literally have to use Arabic numerals. You do not use Roman numerals. Like, you All do right. not deserve Roman numerals. Fair enough. Fair enough. We will take your money, but you don't get Roman numerals. You want Roman numerals? You have to pay double. Ha! They, probably, uh, they might. They might. They might you know, at least get the extra cash then. You may as well. Anyway, uh, apparent the big, the only real story coming out of this match was that um, uh, Drew McIntyre did an Alabama slam on Mad Cat Moss. Again, this match is irrelevant, but the only reason I'm taking a second to talk about it is because he did an Alabama slam on Mad Cat Moss, which is very dangerously done. And Mad Cat Moss looked like he was dropped literally on his head with his with his head twisting. Uh, it looked like he broke his neck. So we'll, we'll have to see uh, going forward as they come back and they get checked out properly in medical. It seemed to be that he was okay. He was able to finish the match. He finished the match. But um, it did look like he broke his neck. Didn't actually look very good. Like literally he got slammed onto his neck and his head is like as, as he hits the mat. It's like, that's not good. You shouldn't, no. you shouldn't over-rotate a guy like that. That's, that's bad. Very dangerous. Uh, moving on. So yes, this uh, feud will continue with uh, Corbin of many names. All right. Uh, next match, because, uh, you gotta, by the way, this is like the third women's match, so very progressive, by the way. No stonings. No stonings. L- l- reporting, just so you all know. All right, next match. Becky Lynch versus Lita. Again, who gives a shit? For the reasons I outlined last week. Lita's 46 years old. By the way, by all accounts, this was the best match on the card. Which is very damning for the entire women's division when this is the best match that you got out of it. Because Lita tried hard. They did a decent job with it. Becky Lynch tried pretty hard. They did a decent job of it. By the way, Becky Lynch was not losing this didn't matter like i congratulate you You had a good match a decent match congratulations to lita it's been 16 years since you had a real singles match so kudos to her for coming in doing the best she could being in decent shape putting in a hard hard effort uh hopefully the paycheck was good this match was irrelevant because it literally has no bearing on what goes on going forward true like it literally has nothing to do with what will continue so i this was pointless but it was the best match on the card, so I guess it wasn't completely pointless. At least there was a decent match on the card, so awesome. Moving on. Okay, so here we go. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos versus the Viking Raiders. This match didn't actually happen. They flew to Saudi Arabia to do a gimmick where the Usos attacked them beforehand and the match never occurred. Saudi Blood Money! <laughs> 
Moving on. All right. WWE Championship Elimination Match. Bobby Lashley, the incumbent champion, taking on Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins versus Riddle versus Austin Theory versus AJ Styles. The winner is Brock Lesnar. Am I surprised? No. Are you surprised? Is anyone surprised? No. And that's what I mean. Like, this entire card, it's like... I, you, so now we get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Champion versus we, champion. Which we all knew was coming anyway. Correct. Yes. But, but, Bobby Lashley did not take a pin. Bobby Lashley was pinned by no one. Bobby Lashley was possibly kayfabe concussed, therefore resulting in him being taken out of the match by doctor's orders or whatever, and therefore he didn't lose. So we may get more Bobby Lashley in this because he never lost this match. So that's how they fill the time between now and WrestleMania. Probably, yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins lost first because he's a loser. And uh, Austin Theory was thrown uh, in an F5 off the top of a pod. At least they used the pod for something. Uh, so Brock Lesnar did some Brock Lesnar things. Very that sounds strong. painful. It, it, no, very. Apparently he was thrown very far from the top of a pod and like uh, he was possibly killed. Austin Theory may already be dead. But his soul is still dancing, so he'll be on Raw. Perfect. Ooh, moving on. So Brock Lesnar won, and that's how we take off the air at Saudi Blood Money. Woo! Championship! Woo! Champion versus champion! Woo! $50 million! Good job, everybody! <laughs> Get back on the fucking plane! Pretty much, right? Yes. And that was WWE Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia slash Sands of Time. That's a fightful yeah. joke. Just Move no. It. So there you go. I thought I, I thought I would share that with you and give you a nice little rundown. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. None of it I enjoyed the rundown. I feel the rundown was more entertaining than the actual show was. I try. I try. The point is none of it mattered. Not one single thing that I named off mattered. No, all of it was irrelevant. It was a complete waste of time. I wouldn't have even put that on a Saturday Superstars. That's how pointlessly shitty it was. You may as well have made this a glorified house show. It was a glorified house show moving on but you know storylines are so important yes and a lot of them were advanced we're gonna get a random celebrity and the matches we already expected that were already lined up i feel like that is a, the most story development we got here because everything yes. else was so predictable yes i i'm still a lot more intrigued by pirate julia hart i would rather talk about pirate, Ju pirate julia hart. dude man we should just make this the pirate julia hart podcast at least for like a few weeks there's more development there's more reasons to speculate. We can find out what ship she's going to get assigned to. She can find out if she knows Jack Sparrow. Like, there's way hey, more intrigue. You know what? I will. I will do. I will. I will do this for us, Carlos. Okay. I will ride Pirates of the Caribbean in Disney in March and let you know if Julia Hart is now part of the attraction. This is critically important. This is good. It's good. Okay. So you ready for AEW? Yeah. Yeah. I have so much AW I want to talk about, Carlos. Go ahead. Good and let's bad. But let but let's start with the the big news of this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes have left the company because their contract because unlike WWE, Tony Khan just waits till everyone's contract expires as opposed to releasing them early. Yeah, for the most unless there's a behavioral issue or whatever, because they did have a couple of cases where there was an issue, and they did uh, because um, the name escapes me because there was the, during the Me Too movement, there was mm. um, there was one of the guys who was with Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. Oh, the name totally escapes me right now, um, but uh, I think it was I want to say Jimmy Havoc. I think it might be Jimmy Havoc. Anyway, the point is, he was with them. They were like a little group, a trio. They were like, you know, um, um, what's the damn thing they were going by? 
Team Superbad or something. They were like the, this little like trio tandem. And then okay. Kip Sabian and him were like tag teaming. And then Penelope Ford was obviously, you know, with them as a valet manager or whatever. Um, so they were this unit. And I actually liked them. I thought they were pretty fun as a, li- as a little group there. This was still early AEW days. Uh, but there was like the Me Too movement and kind of an issue where he had had some issues with like uh, sexual harassment or something. I forget the details. The point is it was something kind of bad. And uh, AEW then kind of gave him the boot. So that was very early. But it, and if it's a behavioral issue, they're a little bit, they, they will, you know, pull the hook on you. But assuming everything is normal, assuming it's just we don't have anything for you, they will allow the contract just to expire. All right. Just want so, to add a little context. Yeah, no fair. I, that's good, I think. So uh, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes have left. Yes. Uh, the rumor is Cody is going back to WWE, mm-hmm. uh, clearly to get paid money. Could be. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, you have some some theories and some stuff on this. So why don't you why don't you tell us, Carlos? Why did they leave? So I think it's a combination. I think money is not irrelevant to this. I do, I, but I think he would have made money either way if it was well, just I think, a matter. Because here's the thing: when people are like, "Oh, money," like Tony Khan's got money. It's not like Tony Khan doesn't have money. Yeah, he's a, they're multi billionaires. They they in reality, in in actual truth, they have more money than WWE does. If it's just about money, you know, they they could pay him ten times what WWE could offer. Yeah. No, um, I would say, correct me though, just so we're for the full context of the conversation, right? Yeah. WWE at the time is a more profitable company. Oh, yes. But they're also like the incumbent company. They have more revenue streams. Like a- AEW runs as one of the Khan family businesses. But as a family, like as an overall enterprise, what they do, they have their hands in many pies. They have more money than WWE, they have yeah. more cash money. However, as an independent business, one piece of the business, AEW at this point in time to what everything I've been made to understand up until this point is profitable, but their revenue streams are a fraction because they, they don't have as many. They, they don't have a $200 million a year Peacock deal with the NBC Universal. They don't have a, you know, $450 million a year just from TV, from USA Network and Fox. So like when you get a TV deal, their next TV deal may be into nine figures. They may head into the hundred million plus category because they've actually done pretty well and the uh, TB and Turner is actually pretty happy with what they've done in such a short period of time and how they're working as a partner. So they could very well be a hundred million plus in the next TV deal, which could also result in an extra hour of rampage and a couple of other things. So that may in turn make the TV deal even a little bit more lucrative, adding an additional hour of TV. You can make it 150, maybe 200 million, but the, that would be one network. But still, if you have 150, 200 million coming from TV per year, that's a good start. Like that's yeah. a, that's a great place. And then it lets you get more out there. It lets you build, but your your merchandise sales and stuff is growing over time. You're still building your brand. They're actually drawing pretty well when they go to different places and locations. Depending on the week, on some weeks, Dynamite actually gets more people buying tickets to see Dynamite than Raw or SmackDown. Depending on the week, they actually sell more tickets in in the building. Really? Because they yeah. are they are going in smaller venues generally yeah. speaking. But it, but uh, WWE is. Not exactly filling them. There's a there's a lot of like, hey, you want to come and see a wrestling show? Uh, sure, go sit in the, go sit in the chair. Look like you're enthusiastic. They they also give away a lot of tickets. Those don't count. If you give away a ticket, that's not a paid person. Correct. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but like I said, WWE still has a lot of fans, but they they have a lot of shows. Um, I have to see. I have to look at where they've been. There's a Madison Square Garden show that's coming up in early March on the road to WrestleMania. They always do their road to WrestleMania mm-hmm. tour. It's in Madison Square Garden, which is a WWE stronghold, traditionally. That's one yeah. of their oh, big places. They barely sold 4,000 tickets for it at Madison Square Garden. Wow. 
So like they have to really get, they're going to have to move their ass in gear. Like from what I understand, this is a house show. From what I understand, they, they booked Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. Like they're like, put everything we got. But their prices are also, I mean, in some cases are, are just ridiculous for what you're getting. Yeah. But the point is like back in the day, right? When things like, are hot, they were able to sell the tickets anyway. No, for sure. But would you, would you, cause I've, I've looked this up. Would you pay, um, close to $700 to seat ringside at a house show in Toronto? Um, right now for WWE, I wouldn't pay a buck 95. Fair enough. But you know what I mean? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But the thing is, like I said, when things were hot, this was not an issue. <laughs> this was not a, they, they would be able to sell those tickets. Um, I wouldn't pay $700 to be ringside at AEW either. I don't need to be ringside. There's a lot of good vantage points and good spots. It's still good that you can have to, to attend the show. Would I get decent seats if I went to an AEW? Sure. I'd like to get some decent seats so I can see the ring, see the action, see what's going on. That'd be kind of fun. Um, but am I going to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the privilege? No. Um, however, they are managing to sell the tickets and they're, and it does, and having reasonable ticket prices also means that you have a chance for enthusiastic fan bases. To then be sure. able to, uh, because then you can still get rank and file folks. Because if it gets too expensive, you if you assuming you sell the tickets, then it becomes like uh, what happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The people that are up against the glass are like your corporate crowd. They're not like the enthusiastic super fans of the Leafs. They're they're people who have a lot of money, or it's like it's a business tax write off. And it's like yeah, it's a thousand dollars a ticket. Who the hell's buying this ticket? Uh, you know this corporation. And they're giving it to clients and stuff and showing, you know, it's not the regular rank and file, you know, diehard Leafs fan. They're probably up in the nosebleeds yeah. because that's the ticket they can afford. So if you make it accessible, you do fill the space, but also you have a little bit more enthusiastic fan who may have money left over to buy some shirts. They may buy some merch and you get your money that way. True. So there's opportunities. So, so you like, too can get your very elite, very evil Dan Housen shirt, Carlos. Soon, buddy. Soon. I'm, I'm not buying a Dan Housen shirt. However... If they get the Dan Housen cards, I, I, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. Ask me about it after I turn this recording off. I may have asked questions related to this. Insider knowledge, Dave. Insider knowledge. But you got to ask me offline. All right. All right. So real quick, bottom line point. I believe, it's, I believe money is not irrelevant to this. I believe Cody did want to be paid well. But I believe just as important to it is that when A, and this is the analogy I'll use. When AEW started, you started off with the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Hangman, and a couple of the other guys there that started right at the beginning. And they had a vision for kind of this thing. They managed to convince Tony Khan of the vision. They ran the all-out show in Chicago that was very successful. They did a great job with that. They were able to, it was a proof of concept. They were able to prove, hey, there's might be this might be viable. We might be able to make a business out of this. And Tony Khan's the money guy. He's the one who has the money to be able to make this happen. So they convinced him. All right, he's sold. He's a wrestling fan. You know, he's like intrigued by this. In the early days, I'm just painting you a scenario. In the early days, you're going to lean on these guys because they're the wrestling guys. They're the passion guys. However, important, and this is what I believe has occurred. Over time, Tony Khan is still the money guy. He is very receptive. He will listen to a lot of the stuff. But at the end of the day, Tony Khan has a vision. Once he saw that a vision was possible, he kind of got light bulbs going off in his head. It got him interested. But Cody Rhodes is the son of Dusty Rhodes, who ran promotions and did all this stuff. He is a lifer in the wrestling business. He has a vision of professional wrestling. Kenny Omega has a vision of professional wrestling. The Young Bucks have a vision of professional wrestling. And a quote that I'm going to give you will allude to this. So please remind me. I will come back to it. I have a quote yep. here about yep. this. But they have these visions. 
are there common elements amongst their visions, including Tony Khan's vision? Yes. But are they identical visions of what this should be, of what this AEW should become? No, they're not. And what happens over time, remember, they're all EVPs at the outset. All these guys are EVPs. Over time, they're still EVPs, but over time, a little bit of the power got pulled back because Kenny Omega used to do all the uh, creative for the women. He's still involved, uh, but that was a lot of the Yoshi wrestling, a lot of the Yoshi wrestlers from Japan because Kenny Omega has a very strong Japan influence because he mm -hmm. spent years doing IWGP. He likes that style. It's been toned down quite a bit. Cody Rhodes had a strong influence. He was sitting in the gorilla position in the back, helping to produce a lot of the early shows. Over time, that got slowly scaled back. Brandy Rhodes was involved in a lot of storylines. Uh, people may remember, not fondly, the Nightmare Collective, which was stupid, and a lot of other terrible creative ideas that involved Brandy Rhodes, including cre terrible creative ideas that involved Brandy Rhodes towards the tail end of their tenure, where she's feuding with Dan Lambert in a, in a battle of, I hate this guy and I hate this woman. It's true. Who am I, I supposed to cheer for? I hate you both. <laughs> so it's like. The answer was Dan Lambert, apparently. Well, the problem is he was supposed to be the one they hated and they still were booing Brandy. And eventually Dan Lambert's like, I'm supposed to be here getting heat for you and they're, and they're booing you. It's like, correct? You, yeah. you are correct in your statement. So anyway, not good. Uh, and Brandy obviously was involved in things in the back as the brand officer. She actually has some experience doing some of that stuff. So she's not unqualified. She was able to do a lot. She was able to help with certain things and they acknowledge some of that in their statements and stuff. But at the same time, you've got these two who have a vision and things and slowly stuff is getting pulled back because as Tony Khan is looking at it at a certain point, the creative started to take a shift. If you go back to early AEW episodes and then as time went on, the creative started to shift in the approach to it. Right. Certain characters started to be de-emphasized. That includes some of the AEW originals whose contracts may eventually run out and they will move on to other pastures. Not because they're not good, but because their usefulness has slowly waned. And some of them aren't that great. And some of them are not that great, but they serve their purpose in the early days, though. In the yes. early days, you didn't have anybody. So, like, we'll use who we got. Let, let, the, the reason Chris Jericho was the first world champion is because he's the only one who had the credibility and the gravitas coming in out of the door. North American fans knew who Chris Jericho was. They didn't know who Hangman Page was. They might have heard of Kenny Omega, but they didn't really know Kenny Omega. If you watch uh, Japan, you know, IWGP, then you knew him. You didn't know the Young Bucks. You might have heard of them, but you didn't really know them. They weren't the names. Chris Jericho, people know who he is. Mm -hmm. So as the first champion, because they remember it was Hangman and Chris Jericho for the championship the first time. That, that was the first match right. uh, for the championship. It made more sense for Jericho to start off as the first champion, establish credibility, have a championship reign, and then eventually hand it off to John Moxley, another guy who at least has a little bit of cachet. He's a known quantity. Mm -hmm. By the time that Kenny Omega has it, Kenny Omega is now established as a character on AEW television. He goes in. Now he's the champion. Now at this point, the Young Bucks have had a run with the tag team titles. Kenny Omega had to run with the tag team titles and a storyline with Hangman Page. Hangman Page has had this long storyline, eventually leading him to the championship down the road. Mm -hmm. But the point is, now we've had some time. Now we've gotten to see Hangman. We've gotten to see Cody Rhodes. We've gotten to see the Young Bucks. All these guys. Cody Rhodes was a WWE guy. And my point here with all this... As slowly this is starting to get pulled back, Cody Rhodes was extremely important. I don't want to, I want to give all this context because I do not want to downplay his importance. He was a very important player in the early days of AEW and building Absolutely. it up to where it is. Absolutely. And, and still extremely useful because that, you know, the, this, the, uh, the ladder match with Sammy, Sammy Guevara. 
helped, Great match. you know, helped emphasize Sammy Guevara's position as a strong TNT champion. This is good. So he was doing some very good work. But the point is, eventually Cody's importance on the card, even though he was still continuously treated as a big deal with the elaborate entrance and the, you know, the storylines that only really centered around Cody and really had nothing to do with anything else. They were just kind of in this vacuum. The Codyverse in its own little corner at the AEW as the rest of AEW is going on over here. Um, he was never treated like a small timer. He was actually treated like a main eventer, even though he wasn't in the main event most of the time. Right. So they were still giving him a lot of airtime. However, even with all this said, eventually the pecking order started to shift. So you're, you're being pulled back from creative. You are a lot less important than you were previously, not because you're doing anything bad, but at a certain point, okay, let's talk about the heavyweight championship. Let's get rid of that stipulation that they set up storyline wise to keep away from the title. Um, so do I give Cody Rhodes, I'll name off some people. You tell me, you tell me when to stop. Okay. Should I give Cody Rhodes the title over MJF? No. Should I give Cody Rhodes the title over Brian Danison? No. CM Punk? No. Adam Cole? Yes, in my opinion. Adam Cole is infinitely better as a character than Cody Rhodes is. Cody Rhodes doesn't have a character. Right now he's kind of that in between, like, am I a good guy, a bad guy? Like, this still. is true as well. He's not a character, really. He's just... He's, he's, he's Homelander. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's Homelander. Um, even with the gimmick and the whole bit. And a neck tattoo. Um, but the point is that, like, Cody is in a spot where he's still really good in ring. But he's actually not a main eventer in, in a company he helped build. Correct. Like, Adam Cole is way closer to being a main eventer because he does the great in-ring work. Plus, he's very clearly a heel. But he can also get people to do the Adam Cole, baby! <laughs> <laughs> they'll still do it with him and then boo him right after. So it, like it works. It's still the audience can react to him. Um, but all these guys can get it done in the ring and there's a lot of compelling matchups. Now, in addition to that, uh, Cody over John Moxley. No. Cody over Miro as he can, as he finally, if Miro Scott. ever comes back from his battle with God, like I, where I, is Miro? He was injured for, he was quite, he was actually very injured for a little bit there. He wrestled that match with Brian Danielson ahead of schedule. He actually didn't need to wrestle that match. They asked him if he would do it, and he agreed. But he was actually still injured. So after he completes, you know, healing and his battle with God, Miro was already in a very good trajectory. He comes back, wins a couple of dominant matches. You could throw him into the main event circle. For sure. Would anyone question this? No. No. And he was Miro, doing very man. well right up until that point. But th this is my point. I've got all these guys that are already on the cusp. And then even in the second tier, I talk about the TNT Championship. Wardlow is steadily moving up. And now, after this past Rampage episode, my three guys for the face of the revolution thing so far are Powerhouse Hobbs. Good. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's getting that opportunity. Me too. Keith Lee, who has a ton of potential. We can see what they do with him. It's looking good. And we've got Wardlow. Hoss fight! Hoss fight! Big old hosses smacking each other. It's worth I like it. It's worth the pay-per-view vibe just for the Hoss fight. Cards. Dave. I like where we're going with this. I do too. So the point is, do I want Haas fight or Codyverse? You Screw you, Codyverse. Get out. Anyone in the right mind wants Haas fight. Like, look, man. Look, uh, and again, I wanted to make sure I gave that preamble. It's important to me that I give Cody his acknowledgement. I give him his due. He deserves respect for what he has done. Absolutely, 100%. But for God's sake, I'm more intrigued in, Pir in Pirate Julia Hart than I am in Codyverse. I don't care about the Codyverse. I don't want a Brandy Rhodes promo. Thank God. Please leave. And I don't think the AEW audience really does either. Yeah. The point is, again, no insult to either one of them. I also gave Brandy credit. Remember, 
I said she's done a very good job as a branding off as a character. She sucks, but in her job working with uh, charities and doing that behind the scenes, she's actually quite good. I want to give her credit and respect for that. But as a character, she sucks, real bad, real bad. But she can light a table on fire. Wonderful, splendid. Also, in the same vein, I would rather see more. So with Cody and Brandy out of the picture, and I'll, I'll finish with the, the Cody side of it as well. But with Cody and Brandy out of the picture. What you've done is you've created more airtime that with promos and with wrestling matches. So you're saying, I can give you more Brian Danielson. I can give you more CM Punk. I can give you some more development in Wardlow. I can give you Pirate Julia Hart. I can give you the return of Miro. I can give you a little House bit more Black, time. House of Black, man. House of Black. I, so Malachi Black, if you want to put him in the main event picture, that's cool too. By the way, we can do that. Mid-card picture, like TNT Championship level. Who's about to compete for the mid-card title? The TNT, well, let's not call it mid-card, but it really is kind of a mid-card title. But it's been treated very well, by the way. It's been treated, it can main event shows. They can do it with the TNT Championship. They've done a good job with it. Andrade. All of a sudden, Andrade is there competing for a TNT Championship. Isn't it funny how suddenly we have a little bit more airtime and Andrade gets to do some more stuff. We can have, we have a little time to develop a potential link between Brian Danielson and John Moxley. That could be like a two man power trip thing where maybe they win a couple of titles. All of a sudden we have a little more airtime for the young bucks. All of a sudden, Adam Cole is, is suddenly competing for the championship. All of a sudden I have the opportunity where I've got all these potential trios teams. If I want to introduce that trios championship and I've got more time to put it in, mm-hmm. or I can have another Cody promo. You know, mm. but Arn Anderson, Carlos. Arn Anderson will find something to do. He'll be fine. And I can have more time for Hook to beat up one of QT Marshall's lackeys. Bro! <laughs> My point is that they've got, a, they've got a very deep roster now. Cody if Rhodes was... Only, if we could only find more time for Jay Lethal. He might get it, but he might get a in, chance. In though. all seriousness. That, he, but of, he might get a chance. All the people you mentioned, like the, the people, like I want to see, and hopefully we're getting it. I want to see more Andrade. I think we're going to get that. Right? I also would like to see more Jay Lethal. Right? I get and it. I also feel sorry for Tony Nese. I want to put that up there too. I think you'll I think get some time for Tony Nese. Uh, but here's the thing though. The fact that you just brought up Jay Lethal though. Do you realize how many people I named off? That's a lot of people. I, where does Cody fit on the depth chart now? Like, I named like a billion people. But, I, but you're, ta- you're honest. In, in terms of overall health of the company... Right, like, like here's the thing, like, because at first I was like, oh man, Cody Rhodes, Lee. and then it's like, honestly, from a, from maybe if anything, like, I don't know, because I don't know <laughs> the inner workings behind the scenes, obviously, uh, it hurts. If anything, it hurts you more from a, you know, running of the company place than it does from a, a TV show talent place. It could. Like you've but, got you, right. But like I said, he's been de-emphasizing that role. Well, I know that too, yeah, right? He's not. So that's he's what I mean. Not... Like, but but the whole thing is like you don't need him on your programming. Like if you know, for people who are like, oh, see, like for anyone who thinks that, oh, this is the beginning of the end for. I've AW, got a counter for that. I've got a specific counter for that though. Well, no, but I don't think that. But what I'm saying, no, is I understand, but I've wrong. got a, I've got the perfect counter for. That. All right, what is it? So here's the thing, and this goes back to uh, somebody asked me. It's like, oh well, do you think Vince is going to then, you know? parade him around and then immediately push him to near the top uh to to be like send a message like oh well if aw is so good why one of your evps one of your founders come over here and then my retort would be like because when he left he was a low-end mid carter that you put in face paint in a stupid gimmick he was literally trash no one cared you had over a decade to make him a star and you couldn't do shit 
Now he went to this company, helped build it up, did a great job. He left because at that point he was actually kind of low on the totem pole because they got too much talent, too much actual good talent, including talent you fired that you couldn't do shit with. Miro is feuding with God because he elevated himself from being at the bottom of your card. So if reality, what you're telling me, if you pay him a lot of money and all of a sudden you're putting him to the top of the card, you're going to treat him like he's on par with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns competing with him. He's not going to do it. But assuming he does, you've basically proven you can't build a star. That means everybody on your roster, wait a minute. So if I want to become a star, I should probably go to AW and become a star. Even if I want to come back, then they'll pay me more when I come back. I got to leave this hellhole because you can't promote me for shit. So that would, like, if I was AEW, well, like, I mean, that's part of the, I mean, granted, both companies have their issues. Let's put it do. like, right. But, but, you know, WWE thing is like, right. Like, here's the thing. Like, there is something to be said about certain people, but why are you bringing back Goldberg or Brock Lesnar when you can push, you could push guys like Drew McIntyre or every, all the internet's favorite, Veer Mahan. Indeed. Indeed. What, but the thing is, I like to think that the best move for WWE is to have Cody Rhodes come in and feud with WWE legend Veer Mahan. That's the obvious move. Yeah, I think so. Veer but, Mahan. You know what I mean? Like, like go good for Cody, whatever, if he gets what he wants. Yeah, good yeah. for him, right? But I my point is, no matter any, what they do. I don't have any ill will for that man. Yeah, but my point is, no matter what they do, AEW, if they were smart, all you got to do is point to, actually, this is a success story. When he left, he was not in a good position. He would not have commanded the money. He was fucking stardust. That's what I'm getting at. Like, so dude. If, okay. if nothing else, you've you've we you have left us in a much better position for you as so, well. So for the record, came. for the record, I need to tell you a story, okay? About this. So the, it goes to this thing, right? And it was like because you know when you're out of it for a while. So I was out of wrestling for a long time. I mean, I I, I paid attention to who were the big, you know, you knew the big names, but other than that. So in my getting back into wrestling, starting to watch AD, I, I AEW, I watched um, some uh, freaking Scooby Doo movie, right? It's like a Scooby Doo wrestle, not WrestleMania, but Scooby Doo wrestling movie. Oh, okay, I think I know what you're talking about. So it's Where, a cartoon, but it has WWE wrestlers in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, and the, the mystery is there's like a race they're doing, and someone's trying to fiddle with the race, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the teams on the race is Goldust and Stardust. Yep. Right, and I was like, okay, I get Goldust. I'm like. I don't know why Goldust is still a thing. Uh, and, you know, and because this movie's from like 2014, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, who the fuck is Stardust? Like, I don't remember this. Like, I, I honestly thought it was a made up character for the Cartoon. thing, right? And then yeah. I watched some more others and I'm like, oh, this is actually a real thing. And I'm like, this is really dumb. Yep. Yeah. But the bottom line is, as I said, if I was in the position of AEW, I would look at it and I, I would make sure I also talk to the talent, make sure you communicate and just say, hey, guys, like, look, we weren't able to come to a deal. Um, there were things he wanted to do that we couldn't do. Um, the money wasn't the only thing, but it was one of a couple of things. And he's leaving in a good position. If he gets a lot of money from WWE, then good for him. That's great. Um, in reality, though, like what AEW should be proud of is that they were able to build a company from scratch. He contributed big time. Give him his credit. Give him his praise. Like, give him his praise. Give him his Which credit. I think but I think they've been doing a fairly good job. I, I feel I feel like that. But keep doing it. In front of the talent, too. Give him his praise. Give him his credit. Give him all the praise and all the credit he deserves. But then at the same time, say, hey, look, he's going to have an opportunity to do something over there. But if they treat him like a big deal, they're basically acknowledging us. 
because you didn't think it was a big deal when he left. What changed? The neck tattoo? Was it the neck tattoo, Vince? He got a neck tattoo and now he's a star. Maybe. No. <laughs> but but that's my point. Like you you can spin this very easily to be like, so you admit that we're better at building stars than you are. Because you had over a decade and you didn't do shit. And now you have to make him a star. Or alternatively, you treat him like shit and it's like, point proven. You still can't do it right. Really, if they play this right, they can't lose. That's what I'm getting at. You got to position it correctly. Now, let me read you a quote from uh, Kenny Omega. He was on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, okay. and, he, and he was talking about this specifically. Uh, so I'll read you this one. Um, and then eventually, as you know, I guess probably a lot of fans know now, it's essentially now just Tony's show. So this is a reference to the early days when they were EVPs getting started. They had a lot of input. and then Now, they still have the EVP title, though, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But this is describing how the current uh, situation is with Tony Khan and them right. as well. And this is where I'll finalize the Cody side of things uh, to give you the full picture now. Okay. Okay. And of course, he's always going to listen to our advice and take our suggestions to heart. But AEW is very much Tony's thing. So this is Kenny Omega, just to be clear. Uh, Tony's baby. And we're there to support it in any way we can. And it's very possible that this current version of AEW just wasn't a good fit for Cody. To Cody. Uh, for me, I feel like he was, he was one of the original four. There's always going to be a place for him. And there's always, you saw it in the ladder match with Sammy Guevara. He's got incredible ability and he's able to help our younger talent. So nothing from an in-ring perspective. There's no issues there. If I was a, if I had a clear-cut answer for you guys, I would love to tell you, but I don't know it. All I can say is whatever he decides to do. I heard he's on a fight to Saudi Arabia. He's in. A, he's joking. Uh, if that makes him happy, that makes him happy. Then again, the Bucks and I, we weren't in this for the war, the WWE versus AEW. So all the guys and gals in WWE doing their thing, always wishing the best for those guys, always. Now, basically, he's giving the contrast between his vision of what AEW was going to be as they started it. The Bucks and then Cody Rhodes. Uh -huh. And his opinion was he and the Bucks are similar in their overall vision. Like, it's not exactly what they thought about, but it's actually pretty close. Like, they're saying, like, our visions are pretty much aligned and we're willing, we're, we're happy to support what's going on here. But he felt like Cody Rhodes had a completely different vision of what AEW would become. So, when you take away his power and in reality he doesn't get to shape it in his vision, that's where you created the Codyverse. Yeah. It's almost like a compromise. It's like, okay, we'll let you operate inside of this pocket, this weird pocket where you can try whatever random weird shit you're going to do. Mm -hmm. But the problem is you're putting it on TV and the rest of us are like, that does not connect with the rest of this product in any way. It's like its own little yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like a segment within the show that has no bearing on the rest of the show. And it becomes kind of weird after a while. So I feel like from a power perspective, uh, Cody Rhodes probably was dissatisfied. I don't think the money was as big an issue as that. I do think he felt like he wanted more control than he was actually going to get. By the way, WWE isn't going to give it to him either. Uh, traditionally, they don't. But the other reality is he kind of wants to be the master of his own fate. And by the way, he's worth more than when he left. So, like, I mean, if, like, if he wants to do that and just take some money, the money's going to be available there. WWE has it. Whether that works for him in the long run is a different conversation. And like I said, Kenny Omega was very frank in this. Um, and he goes here. But again, through my professional relationship with Cody, was great. He's not a guy that I go and get a Diet Pepsi with on my off time. So I don't know how he personally feels about anything. I can only guess as to why he would leave that I think he saw with his deal an opportunity to investigate something within wrestling or just life in general that would bring him more happiness. So that's Kenny Omega's guess. Like anybody else's, it's a guess. But he was one of the original, he's one of the original guys too. And he acknowledges that there's a difference in vision. At the end of the day, it's Tony Khan's show. If you don't agree with the vision, then maybe you're not going to stick around. I gave you the example of the depth chart. And that wasn't to denigrate Cody's abilities. All I said is now they have so much talent I'm not going to put Cody over any of the people I named. And by the way, I didn't name Jungle Boy. I didn't even name Darby Allen. Guys that are becoming stars in their own right who could become in that middle tier and then eventually maybe have a chance at one of the upper tiers, whether they win or not is a different conversation. 
but they're developing the stars in their own right. And those are homegrown AEW kids. So yeah. the point is, we, they've got a lot. What if Wardlow meets his potential? What if he gets to that level? Then he is at the bare minimum a TNT championship caliber guy or potentially a world championship caliber guy. Another one. How many do you want me to list off? At a certain point, it's like, dude, you're welcome to stick around, but I, I, I don't know what we're going to do here for you. Do you want a tag team title run? By the way, we've got a lot of amazing tag teams, so that might be tough. There's almost no division in which you can be the top dog right now. Yeah. So it's like, again, and he didn't do anything wrong. It's just the tide kept rising and rising and rising, and the boats keep going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And right now, like, there's so much quality on the show that you can put together. Lots of folks that are over. They're getting their attention. They're getting the, selling merchandise. For God's sake, I'm not putting Cody over Dan Housen. Dan Housen is like the god of wrestling. <laughs> if he Bruh. ever wrestles on the show, who knows? That's the point. He doesn't even need to wrestle. He has outdrawn Cody by he pointing. Hasn't talk- he hasn't even uttered a word on AW either. He just points. He just... Bruh. Stop. He lives under the ring and points. Star. Like I said, between Dan Housen and Pyro Julia Hart... I'm sorry, Cody, you're expendable. Sorry, bro. That's it. I got Pyro Julia Hart and Dan Housen, bro. Like what do we do? By the way, jokes aside, a guy, a couple of guys that could that they could do something with if you know if they keep if they tweak their uh, their story a little bit. I, I I love Ethan Page. I think he's great, and I think if he if he gets a chance to do what he can do because he's actually very solid in the ring, and he can be a good promo if you give him the right material. Uh-huh. You need to give him the right story, and Scorpio Sky is really good. Yeah. By the way, indip- individually, these guys could both be competing for the TNT Championship as well. Yeah. There's a that, lot of there's a lot of potential there for a lot of people right so right now my opinion is this roster is uber stacked like really really stacked you can still have a trios championship and still have it really stacked just to give these guys something to do true and more importantly carl most importantly which we don't need to get into because we're we've we've gone on quite a long time now which is fine march 6 thunder rosa is going to become women's champion yeah but that's what I mean. Like, I focused a lot of attention here. Which is kind of predictable. So I know we said, like you say, WWE is predictable, but I feel this is predictable too. Yeah, but the thing is, you you have to sometimes do the... It was also predictable when Britt Baker beat Sheeta. Like, like here's the problem. You're not going to get... What is... Well, you're not going to get unpredictable. When you're doing a championship thing, you better be clear on who's winning the championship. You need to understand where you're going with this. They have their storyline. They have their reason for being there. We got to the point that we're supposed to get to. By the way, I'm not guaranteeing she wins it on this on this occasion because it's a regular match right now. They did the lights out match. I feel like it's got to be like a no disqualification or a cage match or something is the blow off to the feud where she wins. I feel like a straight match is kind of a weird choice for having. Well, it's, the it also leads in the potential for interference from. That's what I'm getting at. So I don't. Hater and Rebel, right? That that card is actually really stacked. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if you decided to drag it out to the next pay-per-view if you do some uh, a, like a, a schmozzy sure. finish. Because they don't sure. do that all the time. They're actually pretty good about holding restraining, and they usually have a finish. Yeah, you but if they – because, yeah, like I don't think you gain anything from uh, Britt Baker having a clean finish win. Yeah. I think the best play for them is have some kind of a schmoz, have something happen, and then it gives you an excuse to then, to then push it. Because I feel like if you build it up to a steel cage or something big as the blow-off, um, you can have that main event the show. But in this upcoming show, you're not going to have it main event because there's already a lot of really... Str- you're going to have MJF and uh, and CM Punk in dog collar match. Like, you already got a lot of strong stuff on that show. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, 
you know, I think I think this one's going to be a nice stack card, but I don't think you have to necessarily blow that blow off that feud because you basically just got back to it. Otherwise, you only got about three weeks to build. It feels a little quick to get to like the end of a big feud that you've had yeah. some background into it. It's a good point. You make an excellent point, Carlos. Yeah. So I feel like w- w- this this may get extended a little bit, which is fine. That's okay. But but like in my entire focus on that, I talked about to your point. I talked about how stacked the card was. Uh, the women's section is getting more stacked too. Jade is getting a chance to eventually you're gonna start filling in some people, and we haven't even touched on Tony Storm, who may eventually come in, possibly, Amber Moon, who may eventually come in, possibly. So the so all of a sudden you can have a strong division for the TBS championship and have a strong division of competitors. So if Thunder Rosa is going to hang out there in the AEW Women's Championship side, great. Then that means the TBS championship, you could fill it in with some more strong contenders. You could move Ruby Soho up and down between one and the other yeah. and have other people in there. You could have, um, uh, what's her name here? Oh, Chris Stantlander is going to be probably one of these. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, Serena Deeb's going to keep beating up <laughs> jobbers because yeah, why not? The thing is, eventually she's going to get one of those titles. I feel like the TBS championship would be good for her. I feel like I that's think so the one. Too. Yeah, I th- but here's the thing. That would be well-deserved. She's doing a good job. I'm enjoying the little her beating the jobbers. I like it. I'm having fun with it. But the point is, she's doing a really good job. And that's another one. And by the way, she is away a little bit right now with the injury thing. I think she's off and back to Japan doing some stuff. She'll come back eventually. And she'll be a contender for one of those titles. Yeah. No, so like this, got... this roster's fine. And don't forget about Riho, Carlos. She can have matches. She's good. She's good for what she does. For sure. But that's what I mean. Like, let's put it this way. Riho is almost in the Cody position, but not as an EVP. But like, as a, like she started off, she was the first women's champion. Would I have her be the women's champion right now? No. Would I have her be the TBS champion? Probably not right now. But can she be in the hunt? Can she be a consistent contender and have yeah, some nice I mean, matches? She yeah. could be contributing to some great storylines. That's my point. So, like, if Riho, your former champion, is now a secondary player but can be a good secondary player, that tells me the depth is improving. Yeah, for sure. Substantially. So it's like, Chris Jericho was the first men's champion. Is he going to be contending for the men's championship again? Nope. Mm-mm. But can Chris Jericho still Also, yeah. he looked like in way better shape than he's looked like for since I started watching this last week. Which is good for him. I'm, I, I, I'm glad for him. Uh, he, he needs to stay in at least moderate shape like he does, especially since he's older. Like, you got to stay in shape to be able to not hurt yourself in the ring. By the way, one more guy, and this is the last name I'll throw out there. All right. We haven't even mentioned. Ricky Starks? Yeah. So, like, look, if you need me to find it, let me, let me, go, let me go get names out of a hat. I'll build. I'll build you a storyline. We'll grab some names out of a hat and we'll throw them on Dynamite and Rampage for a couple weeks. Yeah, we got plenty to do. Don't worry about it. Sure. Giving me extra airtime is not a bad thing in this situation. Like I said, I wish Cody Rhodes the best in whatever he decides to do. I I hope I hope it works out for him. But like, nope. You left the company. To your credit, you left the company in a much better position than when it started. You guys found built it from the ground up. Right now, though, I am I am spoiled for choice in things that we can do here right now. And by the way, I, I said I was going to stop naming names, but I forgot one. With uh, with Malachi Black thing. I don't know if you saw the promo. Did you see the Malachi Black promo? I did see the promo. You know it was in the background, right? No, I didn't know. I did not catch who that was. Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy? Yep. Who's Buddy Murphy? Buddy Murphy was the guy who was in WWE. He was as Buddy Murphy. Uh, he was the one who was... Um, he was uh, the 205 Live Champion. Uh, he did a lot of that stuff with them. Um, he's an, actually an excellent wrestler. 
Um, and he's been doing some great stuff on the indies, uh, but he also has a long-standing feud, and he's buddies with uh, Malachi Black. Okay. So it's one of those things where, like, it actually, st- it actually kind of in a multiverse kind of situation because, um, okay, let me give it to you this way. You know Malachi Black has the thing with the eye? Yes. That's, that's a carryover that he decided to really take it seriously, a carryover storyline from WWE, where Buddy Murphy injured his eye. So the whole black thing in the eye is a continuation of a storyline with Buddy Murphy. By the way, when he did his little video, he was referring uh, to, uh, to Matthew. He's like, hey, you got to stop getting in a fight with Matthew. Matthew's Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Okay. Even in his even his little vignettes, he's referencing him. And by the way, when Buddy Murphy got released from WWE as well, uh, he did his own little vignette, breaking out of jail or whatever. Uh, he made a little Malachi Black reference as well. So those guys had probably been in cahoots for some time, talking through and dropping little hints here and there. So when they got the little background thing, I saw like the edge of the beard. It looks like Buddy Murphy. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's the guy joining the House of Black. And if it is, it's going to be very entertaining. So it's like, because like I said, he is actually an excellent wrestler. So I'll quickly just uh, share here on the screen who, uh, who it is, just for reference. So here, let me, sh- actually, that's way too big a picture. Let me shrink that down. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a cruiserweight kind of size guy, but he's actually, he's actually got a very strong build. So See, he's pretty jacked. He's jacked. So it's one of those things. And by the way, he can fly around. He can fly around the ring like crazy. So like he can go in the ring. So I don't think there's going to be an issue with that. And if he's part of the House of Black, that's a very formidable trio. Because Malachi Black, it's big Brody King, and then you got this guy who can fly all over the place. And he's pretty jacked, and he's, and he's got the size to be able to make it look good. I, I would love to see him and Pac have a match. Yeah. It would be really good. Those guys, those guys having a match would be really good, because he can go in the ring too. And by the way, didn't mention Pac. It's true. I'm running out of guys, Dave. And by the way, I didn't name half the roster. That's what I mean. It's a deep roster now. So it's like, they'll be fine. They will be fine. So that's covered. Um, did that, did that, did that. Was there anything else AEW was? I watched the show. It was good. I was enjoying it. It's just continuation building towards it. I kind of want the, I want, by the way, we might get the John Moxley, Brian Danielson show thing at maybe the pay-per-view. They haven't announced it, but that's basically what we're alluding to. By the way, that'll be a great match. For sure. And then they team up and become the two-man power trip. We will win all the titles. Why right? not? Sounds good. Sounds great. Look, if you if you can get Miro the three, you can also win the trio titles. Take all the gold. Do it. We can have fun with this. Is the point? Like I, I sense some fun coming For up. For sure, here, Dave. absolutely. I sense some fun. That's why I'm, saying. I, I'm like, cool with this man. Will this be the first pay per view that David ever buys? Possibly. It feels like it's a, it's building up to be a pretty look. If they put in the if they put in the Brian Danielson and Moxley match in there, with all the other stuff they got going on. It's pretty good. I don't know. It, it's slightly better than Sands of Time. Uh, Saudi blood money is all I'm saying. For sure. A little bit better. Just For little bit. sure. Good stuff. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I think. But dude, I think we had a great conversation tonight. Yeah. So hopefully that gave context. I know. I I know it took me a while. I had to give a lot of background on that. So I apologize that it took. But I need. There was a lot there. There was a lot. Yeah, that but I as you said, it is important to give Cody his due. Yes. But it also gives a lot of context to why he might have, aside from money, why he might feel like he wants to try something else. Why he didn't, you know, maybe this vision didn't add up to what he wanted to do. He wanted to do wrestling a certain way. And they let him have a lot of latitude, but then, they, but then his contract was running out. 
And then he's like, well, can I do the thing that I want to do my way exactly? And he goes, look, man, it's taking up a lot of airtime. And like the, the product is going in a different direction. And you're sticking to this Cody verse here. He's like, we've given you a segment on the show for like a year. He's like, how long are we going to keep this going? Do you want to just fit in with the rest of the show? Or like, yeah. Like I said, I still don't understand the Brandy feud with Dan Lambert. It's, it's still the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't get it. And it never worked. Like I don't understand what the I don't understand what the point of it was. Yeah, I don't really either. Yeah, and it's like to be honest, out of everything, the biggest benefit I see here is that we end it. <laughs> We're able to move past it. And even I don't mind Dan Lambert. He's got his purposes. Let him do something else. The only thing I feel bad though is that we didn't get a Paige Van Sant match. There's still time, Carlos. There's still oh, no. time. Well, I, I told uh, I told uh, Billy, uh, one of the gentlemen from Upper Deck that uh, that I was chatting with on my live stream the, this past week. Um, did, I, you, I said, did you say when is the Paige Van Zandt EAW card coming out? Well, I, I joke with him. I go, so we, we, I said we narrowly missed out on the Paige Van Zandt match. And he goes, I don't know. There still might be time. And I go, yeah, if there is, it's like, and he's like, I, like, I, I wouldn't mind putting it in the checklist. I just need to, to have a match because then it would make sense. So no guarantees on that, but I guess it, was, it hasn't happened yet. But if they yeah. can find another excuse, I think Paige Van Zandt would do well in wrestling. I think she would actually do well. I do too. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, man. Then let's wrap it up because that was that was some good wrestling, good wrestling talk tonight, Carlos. There you go. We do we can. All right. So podcasts usually available on iTunes and Spotify. I think the last episode I probably didn't because I'm a lazy bastard. But today I will make sure it gets done this time. Otherwise, go to the freaking YouTube channel, you lazy bastards. Forgot you get it. to see both of us point like Dan Housen. Come on. Like it works, man. It works on levels. I'm telling you, Dan Housen, AEW rookie. Oh my God. It's like, just saying, T206 Honus Wagner, Dan House, NEW rookie, same value? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't go quite Not far. even close. I can't go that far. But still, but still. All right. So that's it for me and Dave. Uh, as usual, we'll be, uh, you know, you know, uh, give, a, give a review to the podcast if it's the audio version. Give a like if you're checking out the video version. Subscribe to the channel for more hijinks and random uh, wrestling talk. And me and me sitting back, preparing to denounce WWE's latest attempt to do really bad gimmicks. Because there was a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. Always some Saudi blood money slander, and I'm here for it. <laughs> I am here for it. Anyway, that's it for us. We will catch you in the next one.